on digital radio 92 to 95 fm and 810 medium wave bbc radio scotland we're going to talk internships in just a minute or two anyone out there work for nothing do you agree with working for nothing or is that something only the middle classes can do have you had an internship maybe a relative has or maybe you employ them We'd love to know. 80295 is the text. But now we're going to look at buses. And we know lots of you take, a lot more people go on bus than on train. And a BBC investigation suggests the bus network in Britain shrunk back to what it was in the late 1980s. Buses are now travelling 134 million miles fewer, fewer than they were 10 years ago. Now, experts say the reason is more people using their cars. Also, there have been cuts to public funding. Some cut-off communities have started their own services to fill the gap. And we'll be speaking to one of those. But we wonder what the buses are like where you are. 80295 is the text. What's the situation here? I asked Stephen Joseph from the Campaign for Better Transport. The data produced by the BBC's shared data unit shows that Scotland's bus network shrank by 15% over the past decade. And the, the hardest hit region was the southwestern Strathclyde, which saw bus mileage fall by more than a fifth in 10 years. Um, However, the area around Aberdeen was the only Scottish region that saw bus mileage increase. So there's been a real um, decline in buses uh, across Scotland. And um, I know the Scottish Government are looking at this because they've said they're going to put through a new buses uh, act or local government, local transport act um, in the next session. And I think these figures give urgency to that and show why it's needed. In your opinion, what does this mean? Because there are an awful lot more people use the bus than use the train. Uh, Still the most popular mode of transport is the car, but an awful lot more people use buses than trains. Well, I think there's a general problem, which is that um, buses are a kind of invisible form of transport in some ways. Um, the uh, you, you don't get the attention given. And, uh, for example, our sister body, Transform Scotland, has been pointing out that all sorts of commitments were made when the uh, new... Um, Fourth Crossing was was built about better bus services across uh, Queen's Ferry, none of which have happened. And I think that's uh, clear that there's a need to give priority to buses and to make commitment, you know, for commitments to improvements actually happen. And and I think more generally, you know, you get road and rail investment strategies, active travel strategies, you don't tend to get bus strategies. And yet buses are very important. And the, the disappearance of bus services leaves people isolated. Uh, we've been running a Save Our Buses campaign and we hear heartrending stories from people who now can't get to hospital uh, or you know, need social care now because um, they can't get out. So there are real costs in not having bus services. And I don't think these kind of turn up in statistics or the economic calculations that the Scottish government or, you know, governments in other parts of the UK give, um, yet they are very important. There must be a reason that, you know, bus numbers are decreasing uh, and it must be to do with cost. What would you like to see happen, though? Well, I think for the, the Scottish Government, as I say, have, have, have started to talk about bus reform and I think there are opportunities there. Um, that There are, um, I, I, I mean, I think that there are opportunities in terms of um, the kind of stuff that the um, UK government has done for England and Wales. They did a Bus Services Act last year that gave more powers um, to local authorities to do partnership deals, um, franchising where appropriate, 
um, uh, you know, these are things that the Scottish government should be looking at to uh, uh, and learning from. One of the things we discovered during the passage of that act is that there are lots of organisations representing older people, younger people, the colleges, who really value having bus services, and yet their voice isn't really heard in transport debates. So um, I think there's also a case for doing what was experimented in actually in England, which was to join up um, the transport contracts, because what you find is that you get school um, and health contracts for transport, which are sort of bespoke and don't join up. So actually, in some cases, just joining up the existing public spending on transport services as a whole might make a difference. Stephen Joseph from the Campaign for Better Transport. You could be listening to us anywhere in Scotland. Are the buses good where you are? 80295 is the text. 80295. Well, we had a statement from the Scottish Government and it told us we continue to spend over £250 million a year in grants to the bus network to support operators to keep fares at affordable levels and run services that may otherwise not be commercially viable. We also provide free bus travel for older and disabled people under the National concessionary travel scheme. Decline in bus patronage is not universal across Scotland and we are aware that a range of factors are involved. We know that solutions will depend on local areas and local characteristics, which is why the forthcoming Transport Bill will provide local authorities with options to influence and improve bus services in their areas, whether they wish to pursue partnership working, local franchising or running their own buses to ensure a sustainable bus network across Scotland. Well, let's talk about this a bit more. We've got um, Rab Jeffrey last May set up his own community bus company running services from Bowness to Edinburgh because the existing service uh, only ran two buses a day. Along with wife Helen, Rab started out with a 12-week trial. And how did that go? We'll ask Rab in a minute. Alongside Jenny Thurston, who lives in Fort Augustus and runs a senior citizens' lunch club there. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hello, John. Rab, first of all, how did the bus go? Take us back. Last year you set up this company, a bus company. We set up the Bonnesson Area Community Bus uh, Association. It's a Scottish charitable and corporate organisation. And... Uh, the aim was to provide uh, an alternative. Well, we didn't. It's not an alternative. There was no bus service essentially left. We were only left with one that dealt with the the, the daytime commuters to work in the morning and returning them in the evening. Nothing in between. So the four thousand odd us that were of over sixty of concession age and everybody else. Uh, and Bonas was left with no means of transport other than going via Linlithgow, et cetera, et cetera. A- additional costs and time. And how did it go? Uh, it's going very well at the moment, yeah. Uh, we're providing a service, but uh, more recently, and I, we, we upped the service in uh, August to three services a day because our commuters said that eight hours in the city was too long and could we, we have to, to four hours. So we never ran three hours, three services uh, midweek and four on a Saturday. Well, Jenny, you live in Fort Augustus. I do. I'm looking at the map. It's just it's really it's right beside Inverness. It is. Must right be easy to get there on a bus. Yeah. Um, I'm halfway between Fort William and Inverness. Um, yes, our buses, I think our bus service is quite, quite good. But um, and we do have four or five buses a day, but they're two hours apart. Um and they don't have, uh, we don't have a late bus coming home if, if you go into town, which is not, not so clever for the young ones. Um, and 
if if you're in Inverness doing doing your shopping and you don't catch the 14:05 bus home, there's nothing then until 17:35. It's a wee day trip. It's yes. a big day trip, I suppose, Jenny. If you're saying you know they're every so many hours, two hours or something like that, does that mean? I'm guessing a lot of people just think unless it's a a must do or a special occasion, are a lot of people just sticking to their local area then? Um, no, I, I think it works because um, our bus service does work. If, if you're, you're going to the bus stop for a time, and, and for an actual time, and the bus does come, and, and you just work your hospital appointments, dental appointments, trips out, um, you, can't, you couldn't really um, go to the theatre. I mean, we have a theatre in Inverness, but you, you wouldn't be able to get home on the bus. So... Um, uh, no, generally, I, I, I think the, serv- the service is, is, is quite good, but we would like more. You would like more buses. But yeah, they're reliable, aren't they? But they're not regular. No, they are reliable. Um, but two, two hours. Rob, I was wondering, when you set up the scheme, and I think we spoke to you at the time, in terms of like how it works, I mean, what was the initial reaction from the locals for a start, and how does it, how is it funded? It's funded basically by by passengers. Uh, we are uh, registered with uh, Transport Scotland for operating the national concession scheme, uh, and we're largely funded by self-funded. Uh, but we have had support from uh, from certain institutions. Uh, the local council gave us uh, a award to help us on our way, and hopefully we're able to get to sustainability. Uh, by the summer of this year, that's our objective. So, sorry, I was just going to say sustainability. Then that means it's for the upkeep and for the fuel. But you, I'm guessing, necessarily don't get a wage out of this because you're not uh, quite at sustainability. I don't get a wage, and uh, unfortunately, we're now faced with a new threat, which is from the Department of Transport, who are now saying that concessionary buses, uh, <coughs> sorry, charity buses, must be run on the same basis as commercial buses. So that will mean for us we would have to uh, recruit a transport manager and we would also have to have reserves of at least 16,000 available. So that's a big, big hit on us. Mm. We've got some interesting text coming in. Let me just read some of that. This is Barry talking about Lothian buses. has to be the best-run, cheapest operator in Scotland. Modern, reliable, clean buses still owned by the council. Can I just put that to both of you? This is another one, Dougie Coulter on Twitter. You only have to look at the contrast between buses, he says, operating in Edinburgh and Glasgow to see the folly of deregulation. Edinburgh's Lothian buses, the largest municipal service in the UK, Wi-Fi, an app to locate your services, cheap fares, good timetable, Glasgow dash rubbish. Would you two back that, that we've got to be more integrated in terms of our buses and why on earth did we deregulate them? Well, I don't know why we deregulated them, to be quite honest. I think it was a drive by Margaret Thatcher back in 1985. Mm. Uh, and uh, and now we're suffering the consequences. I would love us to have regulation and uh, Falkirk Council to take over the bus service, but they're prohibited from doing so under current legislation. Jenny? Yes, I feel it would be a good idea for them to be taken over, yeah. Because on what basis do you think the private companies are just there to make a quick buck and they'll they'll just do the the route that makes them the most money? I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not that sure. I I I, I, I quite I quite I use my bus service and 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 it does work for me. 
Yeah. Rob, well, you were talking... Sorry, I, I was just thinking earlier, you were talking about the trials ahead and what you might have to face now from the Department of Transport. Are yeah. you the only bus service in the area? Are any other of the uh, bigger operators, are they looking to go back to cover this route? Uh, yeah. We've just had uh, Sailing joined us uh, after saying that the, when we uh, first were looking for them, we were looking at the commercial operators to run a service when we were... We lost the service, and they said they couldn't possibly do it, da-da-da-da, because it would infringe on their current customers. And then after we started, this, the, and we seemed to be making a success, they started their bus service up through Bowness. Mind you, it's only, a bu- it's the only stop at three stops, and they're a mile apart, so it's not much good to a lot of our customers who, who have uh, got mobility issues. But uh, they suddenly appeared back on the scene. I'm glad to say they haven't had a big effect on our on our custom. What's the next step for you? You want to be a private bus company, but you can't do it. Is that right? No, we want to have a public service vehicle operator's licence. We will still be a charity, but it will allow us to compete on a lower cost basis with the commercial companies. The ones that are currently got some of the subsidised routes in Folk, we'd be happy to compete with them because we think we can offer a better service. How much subsidy do they get? You're running purely on what you make. How much do they subsidise? I think that's one of the big secrets, isn't it? We've got well, people I'm who run right. bus companies who fly around the world to get yeah. get subsidies from local governments in, let's say, yeah. New Zealand to set up a bus company that's partly paid for by the taxpayer. Well, all I, I would like to say is that the current, what I've seen of the current costs for, for running uh, subsidised bus services in the Falkirk area uh, I think we could do a better job and take at least 10 to 20% off of the margins. And Jenny, what would you like ultimately in your area in terms of the bus services getting you between Fort Augustus and Inverness? Uh, more, 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 of the, more of the buses, more buses. It would, be, it would be good to go down there every hour and be able to, to catch a bus into town and, um, and the same returning, yeah. Jenny, Rab, thank you very much indeed. Jenny Thurston lives in Fort Augustus, runs a senior citizen's lunch club, and Rab Jeffrey sets up his own community bus company. He reckons he could undercut the one that's funded doing the same routes nearby. 80295 is the text. Lots of great texts coming in. I live in Gurek, says Jim. Why would I want to renew my membership to the Supporters Club if they move to Edinburgh? The games are played stupid times like Sunday nights now. This is to do with uh, the football. Davy and East Kilbride, a bus from East Kilbride to Glasgow takes one hour 45 each way for commuting. It turns a nine-hour day into a 12-hour day. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine that I've been on that bus, actually. Yeah. <laughs> then we, we interviewed the young lad who was uh, visually impaired who got a bus from East, East Kilbride, then a train to Edinburgh. That's right, to get to his, uh, I think it was his university yeah, course. He says the buses, Davy says, are freezing or roasting and always filthy. Profit-making routes used to support non-profit-making routes. Now they support profits. Why? How, he says. Another text talking about Alex uh, McLeish. Somebody texted in saying if you'd actually come into that interviewer you heard from Alex McLeish, you'd think somebody died. Yeah, and Danny says Trump will be on the phone for Alex McLeish now any minute. Thank you very much, Need. Let's get there. <laughs> the global head of Oxford.